Palm Creek Church, and we are a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around change lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three important relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. God has something he wants to say specifically to you wherever you are. Our hope is that you leave encouraged and closer to him than ever before. We'd love to connect with you online at plumcreek.church or on social media to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. It's a secure connection with simple instructions to get set up. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you'll enjoy this message. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They'd set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's town, a savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. Hey guys, how are ya? Merry Christmas, y'all ready? Raise your hand if you have your shopping done. Unbelievable. Can we give them a hand, right? Like, they deserve that. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> hey, before I jump into my message today, I just uh, want to quickly say thank you to a group of people that um, make this happen every week. Uh, we have such an amazing crew of volunteers. Our team is awesome. And to see the activity and the commitment and the passion for making our experience on the weekends uh, just incredible, and not just on the weekends, but all throughout the week as well, is great. And uh, to see the team out in the parking lot setting up and getting signs ready and helping us find spots and those that are greeting at the doors and the ushers and those that were here early getting coffee ready so you'd have a warm cup of coffee and all of our media and tech and camera and sound crews and those that are next door with our kids, those that'll be here later today with our students, um, security team, first aid team, like we could go on and on, right? It's unbelievable. And we are so thankful for the help that we have. Can you do me a favor? If you volunteer here at, at Plum Creek and are a part of these teams and others that I missed, I'm sure, would you just stand up real quick? Because we'd like to just say thank you. So if you've served here at Plum Creek in any way, yep, awesome. <clears throat> So incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a blessing to know that we do this together. And for those of you that didn't get a chance to stand up, oh, you can, right? <clears throat> and so if you would like to jump in and be part of uh, this amazing team, boy, we could use your help. You know, we're uh, a lot of things happening, a lot of services, a lot of spots to fill. And boy, we could sure use your help. And I promise when you do it, it'll be more of a blessing to you than you can possibly imagine. And getting to know some of these other uh, Plum Creekers that are also on these teams will make a huge difference. There's a brochure in the chair backs in front of you called Serve. And if you'd like to just explore that a little bit, listen, look at me, great New Year's resolution right there. Jump in and get involved. 
like mom said, you'll always get more out of it when you make it great yourself too. So uh, make it great and be part of it. It's a good thing. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. We are in the second week of our Christmas at Plum Creek series, looking at this amazing prophecy. And I want to start this weekend uh, reading you my journal entry from February 7th of this year. I actually wrote before I began, 2617 and 2717. And I wrote two dates today because I didn't have time to write yesterday. And I don't ever want to forget the 6th of February. At 420 or so this morning, my daddy went home to be with Jesus. Man, did he fight to the very end. How could we expect anything less? It's been a rough four and a half days. It was incredible to have Matt and Andy and Em, and of course mom there with the whole time. Those are my siblings. We're all very exhausted and feel worn out, but God was there and he sustained us all the way. We were there to support mom and each other and really kept the focus on the Lord even in a very difficult time. It's never gonna be an easy thing to watch your daddy breathe his last breaths. Truth of the matter is that we've been grieving the loss of dad for 15 years. Each of these years has been progressively more difficult, but the hardest part for me is the ugly reality of this horrible disease. It robs you of life. Not the breathing and the heartbeat, at least not right away, but the part of life that makes life worth living. 15 years of watching my hero be whittled down to a very broken shell of who he once was. It's a wicked disease. These last few days have been filled with tears and laughter and memories, hugs, support, and true family. It was very bizarre to be grieving and at the same time wondering if each breath was gonna be his last. I have prayed for years that the Lord would take daddy home and now he has. Life will never be the same. I wanted to um, tackle this topic that we're gonna look at today because this has given me completely different perspective. I wanna jump into this and and uh, talk about this amazing passage of scripture in Isaiah 9. As much as we care about names, the people of the Bible, they cared even more. They weren't just picking their names out of a baby name book, trying to find a cool one. Their names had deep significance, and I know some of that is still true today, but we read even in places throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament where once people had been um, in interaction with God that their names were changed. You have stories of people like Abram who became Abraham and Jacob who became Israel. And then fast forward to the New Testament, Simon became Peter and Saul became Paul. And we read these names and they don't just sound cool, they mean something. This week as I was looking this up, the Knaves Topical Bible lists 250 names for Jesus. That's crazy and yet powerful. 
These names that we're focusing on during our Christmas series this year are found in this Old Testament prophecy. I shared with you last week, if you were here, that this prophecy was written 700 years before Jesus was born. I want to read it again, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Hopefully you found it now in your Bible or on your smartphone, or you can read along on the screens. For a child is born to us, a son is given, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, last week we looked at this one, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Today I want to take a look at the third name in this passage. And there's a familiarity with the name Father, isn't there? This brings all kinds of different thoughts to our mind, and it can look a lot of different ways depending on your experience. One of the most unique relationships in life is the relationship of a father with his kids, a dad with his kids. Dads tend to be tough on the outside, but typically tender on the inside, especially when it comes to their children. And I know from my experience, dads ache when their children ache. And I feel a sense of pride when my kids excel and I'll do anything in my power to help them accomplish what they want to accomplish. But I know that's not the experience of everyone. Some fathers see their children as an inconvenience. Some are more harsh than soft. And I know some of you here today and I know some of your stories have worked your whole life hard, working hard, still working hard, perhaps even working hard after dad is gone and still can't seem to do anything to please your dad. And some dads are, are or perhaps were completely absent, aloof, uncaring, or uninvolved. <clears throat> and still worse, undoubtedly, there are some that are here today who are in a hurtful or even abusive relationship with your dad. And that's what makes this such a difficult thing to talk about. Because it is not uncommon for us to relate our relationships with our earthly dads, carrying them with us and projecting them into the experience that we have in our relationships with the Lord. And no matter the case, no matter what you've experienced, we've all experienced something differently. This does have some impact on us, and it elicits a response one way or the other when you hear the term father. This is true for me too. So before I jump into what I wanna talk about today, I need everyone that's not a dad to completely tune me out. Like, no, 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 don't listen right now. <clears throat> if you are a dad, I wanna talk to you for a minute. You have a responsibility, and I wanna make sure you take time to think about that. You see, your relationship with your kids does have spiritual consequence. And I want to challenge you today to this week spend some time thinking about how you're doing in that relationship. And what I want to ask you to do, what I want to challenge you to do, what I want to coach you up to do is to take that serious because you want to set your kids up the best possible way for them to fully embrace and understand what it means to have an everlasting father. And I don't care if your kids are far away or close, if they're young or if they're old, you still have a responsibility today. So it might not have been perfect in the past and it never will be perfect, right? My kids will tell you I'm not perfect, not even close. But we have a responsibility to work hard together to help our kids be able to embrace and understand what it means to have an everlasting father. 
It matters. Make it easy for your kids to know him. All right, everybody pay attention now. The role of father communicates a closeness to to a dad's sons and daughters. And I was thinking about this amazing prophecy that we're looking at today in Isaiah, and I was thinking about the wonderful counselor God, and that is the God that has a plan, wants to communicate that plan to you. And I was thinking about the one we'll talk about next week, mighty God, that's dad that has the power to carry the plan out. I was thinking about everlasting father. You see, guys, that's the heart that motivates the plan to be able to help it happen. And as I think about Christmas, there's probably no one that carries the pressure of keeping Christmas fresh and real and on fire than me. Like, you have no question what I'm gonna talk about, right? I'm talking about Christmas, baby in a manger. But I need that to be fresh in my heart, and I want that to be so real to you this year that it just, like, grabs you once again with the reality of this message. Keep it fresh, help it come alive. I want to share with you the powerful words of Stuart Townend, the musician and writer. He said, how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. That's Christmas. And every single one of us here today are one of his creations. Whether you know it or not, we're also under his authority and his lordship. But please hear me now, there is some confusion about this. The confusion comes when everyone just claims to be his kid. That's not what the Bible says. You can't claim him as father. Not everybody can unless you've made a decision to allow him to be the Lord of your life. Listen to John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's how it happens. And so today, as we look at this everlasting father, the idea of that, if you, if you haven't made a decision to accept him, he's not your everlasting father yet. But oh, he wants to be. And I pray that by the time we get to the end of this service today, that you would even be at a place as you reflect that you would like to say yes to him too. So I wanna take a quick look at these two words, everlasting and father. First, Jesus is everlasting. He's called the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He was there in the beginning, but not only was he there in the beginning, he is and he will continue to be. When I think about the term everlasting and how we would even unpack that to describe it, to help us understand it more, I was reminded of a passage of scripture in Revelations chapter one, verse four. The Lord revealed something to John and he wrote it this way. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you. Look at this. Here's the definition of everlasting. From the one who is, the one who always was, and who is still to come. There it is. I can't think of a better definition to everlasting than that, and that is who he is. He is eternal in all his attributes. He is everlasting in all his offices. His might and his power will never end, and his willingness to bless and to comfort and to guard are everlasting. And again, this can't just be something that we know here. We have to experience it. And that's what Christmas is about, everlasting Father. We should know this in our hearts, that God loves you with an everlasting love, and there's nothing that you can do to stop him from loving you. And there was nothing that would stop him from coming to us. His everlasting love and his promises 
they endure. And there's just, guys, something different this year for me personally when I think about Everlasting Father. Because dad's not here anymore. My dad. But you know what he wanted more than anything else? For his kids to know the Everlasting Father. That's what he wanted. And I think I understand it just a little bit better today than I ever have before because that as well is the most important thing for me that my kids know. Because I realize this dad's not gonna be here all the time either. But our everlasting father will be. And I want my kids to know him. What an incredible gift. So let's take a look at this term father then. Um, He's also called father. We are under this covenant of grace and we have Christ as our father and in him we have been given new life and are alive. So you know when you study history and you see that someone invented something, they're kind of the father of whatever it is, right? So I've been trying this little quiz all all weekend. The second service on Saturday, they swung and missed. All right, ready? Henry Ford is the father of the... Thank you. Oh, you guys did good. Last service, they were like... You could hardly hear it, right? But if that's true, then we need to understand how Jesus is the Father. So look at this with me and listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun, begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. So as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate Jesus' birthday, we celebrate him coming to earth, and he is the everlasting father that initiates, that is the father of the redemptive plan, the, the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy, the hope for eternity. And as we've said already, this can be misunderstood, so I want you to understand everlasting father according to what the Bible says that will help us because none of us has had a perfect earthly father, but we need to know this everlasting father. And this Christmas, as we celebrate, part of what we wanna celebrate is an understanding and not just here, but here of who he is as our everlasting father. So how does a dad communicate love? How does that happen? I'm gonna go fast, but listen with your heart today. You see, one of the greatest gifts that the father can give to his children, that a dad can give to his kids, is his presence. Presence. Not presence under a tree, but being present, simply being there. And again, this year takes a whole new perspective for me, as it does for many of you that are here, that have grieved the loss of a loved one, have lost a parent, have walked through that. And for some of you, just like me, this will be the first Christmas. For some, it's been many Christmases and the, the reality is still there. Man, what I wouldn't give for one more day. To hear his voice. To feel his hug. 
presence. Presence. I think about dad and how his presence, man, his presence mattered. Sometimes it was accountability at a whole new level, especially when you get lippy with mom and didn't know that dad was home. You been there? Right? You could just see this confidence in mom's eyes like, oh, <laughs> right? Here it comes. And usually dad would come around the corner and those brown eyes would just peer into your soul. And he would say, don't you talk to my wife that way. And it wasn't my mom at that point. This is his wife. And I'm like, dude, shut up and get out, right? Not good. Uh, sometimes dad's presence was just motivation. Just motivation. Because I can remember, dad was almost at every game and track meet and everything I was part of. And I can remember times when dad was a little late and I remember looking for him, right? You want dad to be there. And then the game gets started or whatever and then all of a sudden you hear, dad, he, he was kind of loud. <laughs> and when you hear him, see, that became a motivating factor for me. Run a little faster, play a little harder, for sure played better defense because that's what he yelled about the most. Motivating, motivating. And the same is true about our everlasting father because he as well is present. He is present. This is one of the most um, incredible gifts that he's given us. And I, when I think about the divine order of the way that God did things, he wanted us to capture his heart. And he knew the only way that he could do that wasn't by sending a text or an email. It was by sending his son. And his presence mattered because it's true. It's a gift. This is one of the ways that dad communicates love. A couple of chapters before the one that we're looking at this week in Isaiah chapter seven, it says, all right then, the Lord himself, you've heard this verse, Christmas verse, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And what does that mean? God with us. See, presence. It's part of the way that he communicates his love. God came to be with us, not just then, but he's also here now still today. Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 20, and be sure of this, I am with you always, always, even to the end of the age. So here's our main thought for this weekend. I'd love for you to write it down because I'd rather it be in your heart, but I want it on your paper. Dad loves me. Dad loves me. Dad communicates that love through his presence, but then it's not just about him being present. You see, it's also now, there's a reason for his present presence. He wants to be in relationship with us. That's who he is, everlasting father. James 4, 8 says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. And in his ultimate sacrifice, he showed us the love that he has for us when he came down, not just so that we could know him here, but so that we could know him here. And I think about how my relationship with my earthly dad kind of changed over the years. How it just, got, eventually it got to a place. And I'm seeing this happen today with my own kids as they get older. It's like not so much father-son, although that's all still there. It's just, now it's just relationship. It's friendship. It's powerful. Relationship.
loves me. He communicates his love by his presence and his relationship, but there was only one way for that relationship to happen. And it's the next way that he's shown us his love. And that is because he redeems. He redeems. He takes what's broken and he makes it right. Did your dad ever get you out of trouble? I mean, sometimes dad was part of the trouble that I got. It was all deserved, I'm sure. And sometimes dad just bailed me out. And if you're a dad, you know it's a fine line there. You want to bail your kids out of anything that would cause pain, but at the same time, you know sometimes they need to learn a lesson too. But our Heavenly Father is a redeeming God. And maybe you've wandered away from God. Maybe your life right now feels very far away from him. And let me assure you that no matter what you've done, no matter how far from God you've tried to go, he's always right there. That's his promise. His presence is there. John 15, 13, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And ultimately, that's what our whole last series was about. Heavenly Father's heart, everlasting Father's heart, that he's watching and waiting. And if you missed the prodigal series, please go back and watch it online. You need to understand that part of our Father's heart. Loves us. It doesn't matter what we've done. His redemptive work is there for us. It's beautiful. The past is the past. We have a Father that runs to us. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 103, starting in verse 10. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender, compassionate to those who fear him. Dad loves me, loves me. His redemptive work is beautiful, so this year as you celebrate Christmas, I hope you'll be able to find pause somewhere to reflect on these things that we're talking about. He wants you to know him as an everlasting father. When I was thinking about how dad communicates his love, next it's, it's that he also gives good counsel, gives good counsel. And we talked about this last week because we talked about the wonderful counselor. If you missed it, you can hop back on, so I'm not gonna unpack it all together. But he, he really wants what's best for you, and he wants to share with you um, the counsel that you need, the wisdom that you need to be able to make it through life. When I think about my dad, I think about a few of the things that dad used to always say. Um, one of the things that dad said when I was heading off to college, he said this, and I tell people this all the time because it was so genius. He said, if you study the material, you're gonna get a B. But if you study your teacher, your professor, you'll get an A. And dad was right. If you'll pay attention, you're gonna pick up little P's and Q's that you need to be aware of that will help you be able to navigate well. Here's another one he said. He called me kid. He's like, hey, kid. Yeah, dad. He's like, when you get to college, he's like, you gotta remember this. You need to find a woman that will help you find yourself, not one that wants you to lose yourself. And I was like, isn't beautiful good enough? Kid, listen to me, right? Let me say it again. And man, he was absolutely right. That's gold. Somebody write it down and share it with everybody you know. That is so important. And then he would say this too. Pretty much after every phone call, uh, when we're leaving to go back home or whatever it was, he would say, hey kid. And he'd turn around, yeah dad. 
And he would say, watch your backside. I have no idea what that means, you know? Like, I keep turning around, trying to pay attention to what's back there and feel like somebody's gonna sneak up on me if I'm not careful, right? I gotta watch my backside. As a matter of fact, my siblings and I uh, just talk these dadisms all the time, and, and I knew I was gonna share this today, so every, every Sunday morning while I'm driving to church, I call my big brother, Matt, uh, who's actually all of us are pastors, all four of us, but I, I call my big brother, Matt, who's a, is a pastor in Salt Lake City, and, and I pray with him on the phone for services and all that kind of good stuff, and, and so today, you know, I, we were done, and he's like, all right, man, we'll have good service. I go, okay, I say, hey, Matt. I'm like, yeah. I said, watch your backside. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he just chuckled. And I was like, because it's getting bigger. <laughs> you know, January, let's go on a diet, you know. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wonderful counselor. Um, man, he wants what's best for you. Like I said last week, have you asked him for wisdom? Have you asked for him to speak to you? Dad loves me. And then finally, the last thing that I want to talk about, and undoubtedly there's a whole bunch more we could, is that he also provides an inheritance. He provides an inheritance. God is an everlasting father, and I can tell you with confidence that God is my father. And when I think about the inheritance that my dad left me, it's definitely not financial because that went away pretty quick when dad went into assisted living. Um, but the inheritance that he gave to us as kids you can't buy with money. Doesn't, it can't happen. A passion for Jesus that we saw in him that inspired us to want to do the same, that's awesome. And as I think about this inheritance that our Heavenly Father has given us, um, the key is that for each of us today, we would understand this gift that we've been given. And with Dad being there now, I think about eternity more. Everlasting? It's a long time. Long time. Dad's good. Guarantee you he's looking forward to us being able to catch up with him and he can give us the quick tour. That is an inheritance. First Peter said it this way and I close with this. It's by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, now we live with a great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So I need to share something with you as we wrap this up. I got a text from my sister, and uh, it was actually from my nephew. He doesn't have a phone yet, thank God. <clears throat> and he was playing this game, and in the uh, text it said, hey, Uncle Doug, will you play this game with me? And uh, see, this is kind of cool, and he said, I will be toot because I toot a lot. <laughs> and he said, you can be Otto because that's your name. That's my middle name. Doesn't mean much to you. 
means a lot to me. Because that's dad's middle name. I'm the fourth generation Otto and the Miller family. I remember when Josh was born. And as I've told you, Beth got to name the kids, right? I get to name the dog, but I was like, hey, you know, can I? It was a bad deal. I didn't think far, far enough in advance, you know, can, uh, can I at least get a middle name in there? And uh, Josh's middle name is Otto, so he's fifth generation. And I remember calling my dad to tell him that he had a grandson. And I told him that there's a fifth generation. That's powerful. Um, But my fear, see, is this, and that's why this little game is important. See, if you don't know what the name means and somehow you misunderstand that, you're in trouble. Everlasting Father. And when I was in kindergarten, I walked in with great confidence to my name test And that's why this is such a good visual. Because when I wrote my middle name, see, I got a 50-50 chance. There's only two letters. (laughs) And can you imagine how my kindergarten teacher laughed when I was Douglas Toot Miller? (laughs) Right? She's like, who named that kid? (laughs) (laughs) But see, I just didn't get it right. And when you don't get it right, there are problems. And so as we celebrate Christmas, this Christmas, listen, listen to me. Get the name right. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Listen. Do you know him? Do you know him? He wants you to. Everlasting Father. Will you bow your heads? Lord, I thank you for this amazing passage of Scripture written so many years before Jesus was even born that gives us a chance to understand you better. And God, we need that this holiday season because there is so much that becomes a distraction to the real heart behind this. And and so today, this week, God, remind us, everlasting Father, everlasting. And see, I know that not everybody in this room is at that place where they can truly, with their heart, say that that they are a child of God, that they have an everlasting Father. And as I shared with you earlier today, it's just one decision away. And that's why you're here today. Because you have a chance to say yes to him. And boy, would I love to pray with you about that. There's no greater gift that you could be given. And so today, I want to ask if there would be even somebody here today that would say, Doug, will you pray with me that I could call him 
everlasting Father. I want to get this right. And if you've never made a decision to say yes to him before, everybody else's heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm gonna start over here on your right, my left, and I'm just gonna say, will you just raise your hand real quick so I can see you so I know who I'm praying with? Anybody over here? I got you. You can put your hand out. How about here in the middle? Anybody here in the middle? Say, Doug, would you please pray with me? Okay. Anybody? How about over here on my right, your left? Okay. Perfect. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for being everlasting Father. And today, I want to make you mine. And I want to be yours. I know that I've fallen short of your perfect standard and today I need to ask you to forgive me. And I thank you that when that baby came, it wasn't just about being born, but it was actually about coming to die. And you took my punishment on the cross. And today I want to say I, I believe that was for me. I want to say thank you. I want to be part of your family and I'm just beginning to understand what that means. But today, I want you to be my everlasting father. Lord, for the rest of us, will you help us to be reminded to think about this, to, to spend some time this week even remembering who you really are and remembering that you are our everlasting father. In your name we pray, amen.